what we do here is go back, 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 back. By far the number one guy on this draft class that like if you needed a definition of a Gruden grinder, like this is that dude. So Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, back at it again, as always, is Andy McDonald. We have quite the draft breakdown for you guys this time. First, Andy, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot better. Um, Man, I was on my deathbed last week. It was not great timing. It was draft night. Once again, I I was telling you that I was texting you and, and I wasn't doing well, but uh, I think I just ingested a lot of draft content and then it decided to, you know, do, do its thing with me. So um, I appreciate you holding it down. You and Mel Dreamy did a great job, but I'm excited for this episode. So let's get right into it. You know, we're going to start, we have, we have some Raider news we're going to start with, um, and then we're going to get right into the draft recap. So there's a lot of things that happen in the NFL we want to touch on, and then we're going to break it down. We're going to break down the Raiders draft round one through seven, um, seven picks overall. Um, and Mike and I will alternate there. We'll, we'll give our input, but um, I'm excited for that. Let's just first start with Casey Hayward. Um, we recently signed him, I believe it was yesterday. He was a DB um, from the from the Chargers that we had considered for a long time. I know the Raiders wanted to wait until the draft happened. They did. They ended up bringing him on. Um, someone that's going to be um, great, add some depth for us, but um, you know, that's, that's kind of my take on it. I think he's going to be a good addition for us overall, maybe kick Arnett in the slot, but what are your thoughts overall or overall with, with this signing? Yeah, I think it's a great signing uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, one being that in the off season, there was so much talks about like needing to add a veteran presence in the secondary. Uh, and so bringing someone in like him who still has plenty left in the tank um, is going to compete for a starting role and also has been in Gus Bradley's defensive scheme before is going to be great to kind of transition and help the new guys and the young guys kind of grow and learn, uh, you know, the nuances of how Gus Bradley likes things done. So I think it's great on all aspects of things from the veteran side to the, you know, ability to show production on the field uh, on top of being able to go in there and, and, and teach as well. So, yeah. No doubt. I think it'll be, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the sign. I think it was, you know, one year, four mil overall. So a good signing, um, something that will bring us some depth, but let's, uh, let's dive into it, man. I mean, we had a pretty big draft week, um, start with Thursday, you know, one of our biggest topics were the Niners at number three, overall Mac Jones was the headliner. Everyone thought it was going that way. Ended up going trade Lance at number three from North Dakota state, Thoughts there. I mean, it's it's a QB driven league, you know, that that's kind of how everything is. But, you know, Niners surprised some folks may have not surprised some folks. But how do you feel with with kind of the direction they went? Not surprised at all uh, that that this ended up happening. Um, I I was surprised how confident everybody was that Mac Jones was going to go at that point. We've said it. Multiple people have said it. A huge narrative the whole time was like, do you trade up to three, trade all that stuff away to go get a guy like Mac Jones? And so many people were certain that that was going to happen. 
that you kind of talk yourself into like, okay, if it's going to happen, if it is him, why? And, and you kind of, you know, pull these justifica- justifications out like that. But I think the Niners made the right decision. Uh, Trey Lance is the kind of guy you take at three. Mac Jones, maybe not so much. I think they made the right decision. I, I'm, I'm happy that Trey Lance is not within our division, um, you know, for whatever reason, slipping to the Broncos like we had him do in our mock draft. But I think they made the right decision taking him. I mean, him or Fields would have been the right decision. So not mad at it, not happy about it, you know, <laughs> both on both ends of that. Yeah, I, I think you and I are, are the same where we wanted them to take Mac Jones and, and just watch the whole Niner Nation burn. But yeah, exactly. But no, I, I think, it, you know, it's funny because we, we sit there every year and we, we've, you know, kind of draw these narratives and say, oh, this is what's going to be in for certain. And then you sit down on Thursday night and you're like, oh, OK, yep, the, these teams still do what they want to do. So um, I, I it was a perfect example of that. And I think that uh, Trey Lance fits what they want to do. Um, I think that the Niners are a run first team anyway. So even when they incorporate him, I think it's going to be a smooth transition. And then, um, you know, I was big on Justin Fields there. He didn't end up going there, but um, Niners did a good job overall. And, and congrats, you know, I, I'm, I'm pissed because I wanted them to burn with Mac Jones, but here we are. So, you know, the next thing, just sticking on QBs. So we had um, Lance go at three. We had Justin Fields go at 11. The Bears traded up with the, um, the Giants. And so, and then also um, Mac Jones went at 15 with the Patriots. So what, what do you think is the best fit with Lance at three to the Niners field at 11 or Mac Jones at 15? Well, it's very interesting because um, I don't, I don't think you can take a team like the bears and take any quarterback and say, this is the perfect fit uh, for them to be together uh, on the inverse of that. I think that any one of these quarterbacks, uh, could have gone to the Niners and you could very easily say this was the best fit just because the way Shanahan works, the things that he does, uh, you know, he can, I feel like mold really whoever into that scheme, you know, some people may be a little bit more than others, but you know, you could talk yourself into, you know, why whoever Shanahan picked was the best person for that spot. So honestly, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Mac Jones, the Patriots is going to be my best fit. Uh, two reasons. One, that's the best fit for, Mac Jones, in my opinion, him, him going there, being able to go to someone like Belichick. I know I just mentioned going to Shanahan, you know, he can kind of make whoever work. Secondly, the shirtless comparisons of Mac Jones (laughs) and Tom Brady. And like, just that thought of like, what if the Patriots are running it back, you know, with this out of shape, lackluster quarterback that is accurate and, and has some flashes and then all of a sudden is just like phenomenal and brings Super Bowls. So I think uh, purely based off of a satire narrative of like, this is what Tom Brady looked like back in college. <laughs> and here they are getting the guy out of this draft that falls under that same umbrella, I think is uh, I got to go that route. So Mac Jones, Patriots. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, I think it, it's a good fit overall and, um, I think if I was going to go one place, it would probably be, it would probably be Trey Lance. Um, I, I, I feel you on the, on the Justin Fields. I, I love Justin Fields and I think he's spectacular, but, but also you have to understand with, you have Matt Nagy running the system. You have the weapons that they do have. Um, Mitch Trubisky wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. There was just not a lot of guys open or threats to, you know, push it down the field. So I think he's going to still run into 
similar issues. He just might have more, um, more bandwidth from a, a skill set perspective to, to deal with it. So I'm going to go Trey Lance. I think you have Shanahan, you have what they're going to be able to do. Shanahan will make him do the things that he does well um, and accelerate those. And so I think that's, that's the easy choice. So you kind of gave it the, the layup there, but lastly on the NFL, just biggest surprise in the first round, what was the biggest pick they used? Not the biggest pick, but like the most shocking pick, you know, we did a couple mock drafts, just kind of ran through it. And, and once again, we're not experts, but you know, I think there were a few eyebrow raises um, that we saw. So what were some things that you saw there and what was the biggest thing that you maybe were questioning? Another very interesting one. I actually want to kick it and uh, turn it around on you and, and get your your answers first. You made me mm-hmm. answer this last one. So I want to hear yours because I, I do have a, a few of them and I'm interested to see, uh, you know, where you lie on that. So, well, I have a, I have a lot of thoughts in general <laughs> as, well, um, as well. Yeah, I'm not going to um, touch on anything Raider related, but Najee Harris to the Steelers made sense. OK, mm-hmm. but right after that, it went ETN, um, which seemed like a reach a little bit with the Jaguars. So I, I'm like, okay, a little bit of a reach. And I think he is not the perfect fit for what they're trying to do. And I'm, I hope that he proves me wrong. And, and I'm excited to see how many fantasy football players overdraft him. But if I was actually going to pick, it would be um, probably the Packers shocker um, taking Eric Stokes cornerback out of Georgia, I believe. So it was, it yeah. was, they had two corners there um, and out, out of Georgia. And then they ended up taking the the lesser of the two, yeah. which Tyson was Campbell, right? Exactly. So, you know, you had all the Aaron Rodgers drama going into it and it's like, okay, well, the Packers could do him right by drafting a wide receiver um, and, and then doing that. But they, instead they just chose a corner um, who just ran very fast in his pro day. And then also wasn't the better of the two that were there. So, um, Eric Stokes is probably my biggest surprise of the first round. Um, I'll leave it at that. And now I will pass it back to you. Yeah, I would say there were there were quite a few that definitely being one of them, you know, uh, one that that kind of I'm throwing out honorable mentions right now. But one that popped into mind was not surprising that this player got taken at this point, but the Bears trading up for Justin Fields because it's like you guys are just like I didn't know they had draft capital left to trade, to be honest with you. And Maybe that's just because we've had their first round picks. But my biggest one is going to be number six overall, Jalen Waddle going ahead of Devonta Smith. Also coupled that with the fact that Miami went with the receiver there. I know, you know, they need weapons, obviously. Uh, Very much thought that if Chase and Kyle Pitts weren't there, which they weren't, they would go with some type of, you know, offensive line, Penny Sewell, or maybe even trade back. Didn't think that one, if they took a receiver, that it would be Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith. So I would say that's probably my biggest one. I was going to give the caveat of like outside of the Raiders taking Leatherwood at 17, because that's what all the headlines are, you know, talking about in general. And, and you know, we're going to touch on that when we break down the thing. I think Zayvon Collins going at 16 was a big one too. Yeah. You know, and, and biggest thing at around one, JOK not being taken. So. You know, a lot of a lot of different things. But yeah, I, I would say that the first it was definitely the first big surprise. First five picks seemed pretty chalk. And then it seemed like uh, Miami kind of flipped the script going with Waddle. So, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think um, with the Miami pick, I, I, I would just say like they probably viewed Smith and Waddle the same. Um, and then it was basically like, what's the best fit for our offense? And they kind of needed that burner 
you know, you and I talked about that a little bit, but I agree. I, I thought six was a little too rich for my blood. Um, you probably could have traded back and, and still got it, but you know, don't crucify the dolphins, just crucify the Raiders at 17. Yep. But um, <laughs> here's our transition. So we have the Raiders draft recap. Um, I'm going to start round one. Um, and then, you know, we have round one, round two, three, we had two and four, um, two picks in the fourth round and then one and five and one and seven. So Mike and I will alternate. Um, we'll go back and forth, but here's a little bit of a breakdown. So the Raiders at number 17, they stood, they picked, it was Alex Leatherwood, um, left tackle out of Alabama. He was a freshman starting at guard, um, ended up at left tackle. So a four-year starter there. Um, he ended up being very solid. Um, someone that was coming into this past year as a, you know, highly prolific left tackle round one guy. He had a fine year. Um, I think that it, it became a little bit nitpicky once um, the draft analysts got into it. So there was somewhat of a reach in that aspect, but I think we're still getting someone who's, who's going to be a solid right tackle. He's going to be a good athlete for us. Did we reach maybe a little bit? Um, I think my feeling is that we never play we don't ever play the narrative. You know, we play who our guy is and if he's there, we're going to take him. So Mayock did say that we had some trade partners um, that wanted to move up, which was the Vikings at 23. So could have moved back, um, but they wanted to tackle as well. I believe they took uh, Christian Derrissaw. So, um, you know, it, it was something where we stuck to our board and, and, and this could end up paying off. Right. But um, I think this is, in my honest opinion, the Raiders do not do a good job of being able to assess, hey, here's our board, but also where is the, the narrative? Where is the league going? And, and, and can we trade back? Can we get a little bit deeper and still get our guy? They, they don't ever have that confidence. They just end up going with, with what they do. But at the end of the day, I think we still have a starting right tackle. And, and if we end up leaving this with a starting right tackle in the first round, I'm good with it. So Alex Leatherwood, round one, Micah, what say you? Yeah, I think that in the moment I, I was like, what the hell's going on here? Um, because you do have that narrative of, you know, where the, the draft experts pay stuff. But I, I saw a lot of different things saying that like Leatherwood was going to go in the first round, that there was like people had sources saying that if the Vikings didn't take him at 23, the, the Ravens were going to take him with one of their first round picks. So it's like if he's the third best tackle on your board and you have knowledge that he's going to be taken, you know, for all we know, three other, four other teams had him as the third best tackle on their board as well. You know, you take the guy, like, it doesn't matter what pick it's at, you know, and that's maybe me talking myself into it, but you're talking about a four-year starter at Alabama, one of the, the best program in college football. Um, the amount of elite NFL talent that comes out of that school is wild. And, you know, to have him be able to start a guard and then play tackle and have that versatility on the offensive line. Dude's big. He's got a lot of reach. He's just got to refine his, his speed and his ability at, you know, keeping up with uh, faster pass rushers, but I don't know. I've definitely come around on it since it happened. Um, I think that as, as much as it's not sexy, you know, it's like, we might be set next seven to 10 years with our starting tackles and not have to worry about offensive line, you know, on the, on the bookends of it. So. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, we, we, we both talked and we're like, man, I kind of reach, but, but once you start figuring out how everything worked, right. Like you saw kind of players fall and things like that. You're like, okay, like if he's our right tackle, cool, you know, we'll take it. So I think you end up just feeling good about what that ultimately is and, and you just call it what it is. Right. So 
Um, second round, number 43, I believe, the Raiders traded up from 48, and they got your guy. Yeah, so this is where they totally redeemed themselves. That's right. Um, we could just close our eyes and pretend like uh, Trayvon Morig, safety out of TCU, was taken in the first round and Leatherwood was taken in the second round. As far as NFL analysts are concerned, that would be two A-pluses uh, based off of where they're taken. But Trayvon Morig, safety, TCU, taken at number 43. Absolutely love it. I've talked about him quite a quite a bit. You know, I've 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 expressed my my feelings about getting that center fielder, getting that guy that's going to roam the middle of the field and be the protection on the back end of things. Um, I'm very excited we were able to trade up and get him. He's just so versatile. Um, I mean, he he read and reacts quickly. He has a mind coming up and just hitting. He's you know he's he's ready to hit people. You know, he could use a little bit of help um, in just you know supporting in the run game in general. But we didn't draft him to run support we drafted him to roam the back end of things single high safety and just uh you know ball hawk it up and and you know be a coverage safety so i'm really excited having him on board um and that we were able to get him in general let alone at 43 so yeah big surprise um i mean the fact that he was even there was big for us and and i know that you had talked about him for a long time as as someone that we would have felt good about at 17 so um, no, stoked about Trayvon Morig. Um, and really that, that made us feel a little bit better. We, we started to think, okay, maybe this is working out a little bit. So round three, we end up going, um, Malcolm Kuntz. He's basically like an edge rusher, um, out of Buffalo. So he's a guy that's on tape, a lot of good things that you like. So he's long, he's lean. Um, he has a big motor. Um, I think there's a lot of things that you like as he gets after the pass rusher, not a finished prod- product by any means, but um, I also think that we may have reached for him a little bit, but ultimately he's someone that I, th- I think is a rotational guy. He's going to be able to come in and provide the juice a little bit. You know, we have hit on our Buffalo picks in the past, but he's, he has no Khalil Mack. I will say that first and foremost, but Malcolm Coons, I think he's, he's going to be a solid contributor, but I don't know. In, in round three, I think we could have maybe waited a little bit, but, you know, we had two fourths as, as, as it shaped out, but, you know, I think he's, he can be someone that, that does um, provide some value to the Raiders and, and, and really is going to give us some good pass rush, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a little indifferent on this guy. So, you know, I'm open to your, your feelings on him. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really know much about him. Um, so the name popped up and I was like, I have zero idea of, who this guy is, what any type of value that is, and third. But I don't know. I mean, the last time we took an uber-productive DN slash linebacker out of Buffalo, it worked out pretty damn well. So, you know, it may be that in three years he holds out and we end up trading him away. But, you know, maybe maybe Coons will come in and, and uh, compete and, and bring, some, bring some life to the DN side of things. I know that he is – He's quick and he's he's kind of a lean body, so we, you know it might be something where he has to put on a few pounds and whatnot. But I don't know. I I think not knowing anything about him, I'm intrigued about it. You know, and the only thing that I know about him is that he's the most productive football player out of Buffalo since Khalil Mack. That's all I need to know. You know, that's, that's all I need to know. <laughs> so yeah. Well, um, we will kick it to you for our next pick, which I mean, probably one of the bat best the best names in the draft. We have Devine. Divine, Divine. Divine Diablo. Yes, sir. 
So yes. Divine Diablo, we took him um, out of Virginia Tech. So like, let, let, let the people know who this guy is. Yeah, so I don't know. Tell me if you've heard this one before. 6'3", 6'4", 226 pounds safety coming out of Virginia Tech. If this isn't Cam Chancellor 2.0, coming into Gus Bradley's system again as, you know, Cam Chancellor was technically a safety. He was labeled a safety, but he played so much in the box as kind of like a uh, do-it-all linebacker kind of thing. Like I, they're just trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel on that Legion of Boom. Um, you know, this dude, this dude is, is the real deal. I think he's, you know, obviously round four guy, but I think the biggest question mark for, for him, for a lot of people, um, was kind of just like, what's he going to do? Where is he going to play? He's big to be a safety, play him at linebacker. You know, a lot, of, a lot of question marks people have about like bigger DBs, like they tend to be stiff. They tend to, you know, not be able to have, uh, you know, oily hips as they like to say. So, you know, but you look at someone that has had so much success in a Gus Bradley defense like Cam Chancellor did, that's what he's going to play. And I'm excited to see that because that type of coverage on like linebacker or sorry, running backs and tight ends, you know, being able to just kind of put him on, on people and, and say, cover them or, you know, put them in the box and say, you know, seal the edge, light up, you know, light up in the run game. You know, it's going to be exciting to see. And I can't wait to see how he kind of transitions into this, into this defense. But I think that um, I, I honestly think that he's probably the highest value in our draft um as far as like the role he's going to potentially play and and you know the uh, the ceiling that he has um at being successful in the team so you know morig at 43 fantastic value as a you know potential first round pick but someone like diablo and like what he's going to bring to this defense i think is a uh, big time going to be i'm going to just go out on lame and call it right now this is going to be some max crosby-esque uh value love it um i mean i think we had a uh... You know, JOK kept slipping, um, and then we had Morig, who's kind of playing more of that free safety, and then you bring in – because because you wanted JOK as, as somewhat of a Durban James, you know, type role. And then you bring in uh, Morig, and then he's more that single high um, Earl Thomas role, with, which is the Gus Bradley scheme, right? And then you bring in D- Devine, Divine, Divine, Divine Diablo, and, and once again – Cam Chancellor, um, I, I do think that this is a very similar pick to a Tanner Muse last year. He is rehabbing. He did not play last year, so um, I will be interested to see how it works out. But I do think he brings a lot, and it was a good value for us. So um, hats off to the Raiders. It's an up-and-down draft, and I think I'm taking a lot of the downs, and you're taking a lot of the ups, <laughs> but all good. Yeah. So I will get into our next fourth-round pick, which is Tyree Gillespie, um, safety out of Missouri. Um more safeties. Let's do it. Three yeah. out of our first five picks um, were safeties, but I do think it does fit the Gus Bradley scheme. Um, he is very physical in the run. Um, I do think we can move him across the defense, put him in a couple of different positions there. So um, I think he had, he adds depth really um, another pick that not to knock him, but I think, you know, we could have gone a different route, but I think we ended up, you know, we, we addressed corner a little bit later, which, you know, sorry, I'm not going to, bury the lead there but also we did sign Casey Hayward so they had a plan um they were trying to address the deep um part of our secondary and I think that um Tyree Gillespie um will bring some good some good value there so 
hopefully he pans out. Um, we just have to develop our guys and hopefully Gus Bradley can bring that. So Tyree, come on over, bro. Yeah. And I think him and this next guy I'm about to talk about kind of took them because I think they have a little bit uh, of an idea of possibly filling some depth and, you know, the potential hole at a slot corner. Um, I feel like I heard, I heard talks of, of that, that, you know, that might be something Gillespie could kind of transition to. Next guy we're talking about fifth round cornerback, Nate Hobbs out of Illinois. He's a very interesting player because he's very well-rounded as a cornerback. He's a little bit on the bigger size, six foot, 200 pounds, I believe. And four-year starter at Illinois. Played well by all accounts, all four years. Was very consistent. Um, he's very physical. Uh, he can cover on the outside. He was moved down into the slot, um, covered the slot a lot as well. Kind of was just a uh, Swiss Army knife within the, the cornerback side of things. Uh, I think the biggest knock for him, one, he got hurt, um, missed like five games this last season. And two, he never really jumped off on the score, the stat sheet. Uh, you know, never really had a whole lot of those big wow factor plays. But by all accounts, loves stepping up and hitting people, um, supporting in the run is sticky in coverage. You can kind of, you know, move around in the slot, keep him outside if you like. I think he's going to be big time. You know, he's not going to compete for a starting role, but he's going to be big, heavy in the rotational group, getting some backup work going. So I think it's a really good pick. Someone who was kind of undervalued, uh, I feel like, in this in this cornerback class, um, mainly just because of some some string of bad luck towards the end of his his four-year career with Illinois. But I think if he can kind of put things together and figure out uh, how to better his natural instincts on reading routes and stuff like that, he can really step into his own. But I think he's going to be a solid depth player, a uh, guy come in and, and really help out, whether it's injuries. I mean, he's, he's going to be able to help out on special teams, no doubt. So I like the pick. I think, you know, we need cornerback help so much bring in Hayward he obviously helps with the potential on like starters and whatnot but I think this dude is going to step in and you're going to see year two year three he's going to be a, a real contributor hopefully get fucking Nevin Lawson off of the roster that would be yeah, fantastic uh, we, we know you have an out for that guy so um no I, I do like the pick um Nate Hobbs I think he, he does add add some depth in that secondary so um I'm I'm, I'm good with that so let, let me just um, close out the draft. So round seven, Jimmy Morrissey, um, a center out of pit. And I, I, at that point, I was just like, whatever, take whoever you want. I don't care. But the more I read into this guy, he got a call the day before the senior bowl. Jim Nagy says, hey, we need you here. He drove down to Mobile, met with the coaches, played center and guard the next day. Okay. And then he was a walk on at Pitt. I love this guy. He, he's just everything about grit. He's, he's everything about what we need. And, and we also do have a hole. So it's such a weird pick late pick. He actually was expected to go earlier. So um, he's someone that maybe can compete and, and come in and just be our center. And, and I think it's so funny that, you know, we trade Rodney Hudson, you know, we have Andre James and then we bring in Nick Martin, but you know, Jimmy Morrissey round seven. I think this guy can be someone who comes in and contributes. You know, he works his way in there. He's, he's grinding just like he always has. So I, I like the guy. I, I think it's like a story, but um, Jimmy Morrissey pit 
let's go baby yeah he's like by far the number one guy on this draft class that like if you needed a definition of a Gruden grinder like this is that dude so same same thing as you it was kind of like who is this dude whatever it's the seventh round but the more you hear his story um you know the more you hear things about him and, and the things that he's done it's like this dude's just this dude just wants to play and i think he's probably going to step in and instantly be uh the backup and uh you know potentially push for some playing time so excited to see it um hopefully he can put on a few lbs and and refine his game but that's the kind of that's the kind of uh a foundation you want to start from, you know, a guy, a guy like that. So yeah, excited to see how that pans out. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's recap this thing. So I, I, I will just, well, let me kick it to you real quick. What, what are your final thoughts just with the draft that we talked a lot about, like, Hey, you know, we broke down each position. We, we said, Hey, this is where we can go. What were your thoughts overall with, with the, you know, the whole roster, everyone that we took, you know, what, what do you think this means for the Raiders? What do you think this means for, you know, as far as the direction that we went, just your overall thoughts and input on this draft class? Yeah, well, I think going into it, you know, um, it, it was big time, like, go out and get defensive players, you know, go out and draft defense, defense, defense. What do we do with our first round pick? We take an offensive tackle. So I think instantly Thursday night, you're like, sons of bitches our defense needs so much help what the hell are we doing type of thing and then you see you know the next five picks that we we make are all defensive players uh mainly in the defensive backs and the linebackers which is you know big spots of needs and then we round it out with another offensive lineman who's you know i think overall i am um you know i I like our draft. Um, looking at how they are going to fit into the team, um, I think they're all good picks, um, you know, with upside. You know, that's that's the whole thing. It's like, all right, well, are they going to pan out? I like how it looks right now. You know, I was, I was a lot more around on Leatherwood now than I was when we first picked them. I'm excited to see where this goes, and I always, you know, I hype myself up for the draft. I get disappointed on Thursday, talk myself into it the following week you know, and have immense hope going into it. But I think looking at looking at these defensive players that we drafted gives me quite a bit of hope. And I'm going to be honest with you, like our defense kind of looks a little low-key nasty right now, like bringing in Hayward and then looking at, you know, where we stand with things. Like on paper, it's kind of nasty. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what type of jump our def- defense can do, especially with this huge influx of defensive players in this draft. So I like it. I'm excited. I've definitely been less stoked about draft classes before for sure. So I don't know. I feel good about it. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I think like uh, as weird as it is, it's like we don't have a ton of holes, right? But we have areas that we need to develop better and also add depth and competition. So, and I think those things showed during free agency when we dealt, you know, Trent Brown, we dealt, Hudson and Gabe Jackson, things like that. And so I think we addressed it pretty well. Um, and then I, th- I think we did add some competition. I think my worry is like, okay, how do they actually see the secondary, right? Like, do they think that Jonathan Abram is actually the guy? Do they think that, you know, I, I guess it would be our net over, over Trayvon Mullen, but, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of wondering like, okay, do we, do we believe in these guys that we drafted pretty high, you know? And so mm-hmm. if not, then, I have some questions there, but, but regardless, like I would, I would be pissed if we were like, Oh, well, 
this wide receiver was top of our board. Let's go here. This running back. And you're like, no, we have so much depth there or, or draft a quarterback, you know, whatever it is. So I think there, there could have been a lot of different ways that we went um, in this draft. And then, you know, also in free agency, we, we did a lot of movement within um, the defensive line. So um, you look at that and, and you don't see a ton of outside of, uh, you know, Malcolm Coons, you know, we, we didn't really address the defensive line. So I think that's great. So I'm, I'm happy. I think this, this adds competition. I think it adds depth. Um, I'm optimistic. I think there's, um, you know, if we were going to go with the same type of players, I think there's certain things that I would have done differently, but I'm not the GM. So, you know, I'm not Mike Mayock, but um, overall I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think we did a good job. And at the end of the day, if you, if you get, you know, two or three starters out of a draft class, I think it's a win. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll take it, but that's it, man. That, yeah. That's it for the draft. So we're finally done. Um, it will be an interesting next couple of weeks um, as we get into this lull period, but just so you know, we will provide you content. And now Micah does have an announcement as he takes us out, um, take us out as you do. Um, but then let the people know some big announcements we have coming up with the Raider take podcast. Yeah, definitely. So side announcement, um, just, uh, fill the people in if they don't know already but as we record it's wednesday night next week one week from now the nfl will be releasing the schedules the nfl schedule so that'll be that'll be a nice little uh nice little thing to be able to talk about so get ready for that yeah so as andy alluded to a little bit of announcement we finally got our first partnership feeling good about this we are starting a new venture um a new thing with a little company called draft top and I'm going to get into a little bit of a story as I tend to do when I, you know, explain things. But every year we go on a family vacation. And as much as my mom likes to think that it's not for her birthday, we always schedule it around her birthday. So it ends up being for that. Anyways, I bought a draft top. Um, and what it is, it's a tool that allows you to um, essentially cut the top off of a beer can or any type of can. Um, so you can enjoy it. It can open up. You can get the smells, the aromas of your beer. You could uh, open up a soda, make a cocktail out of it. You could hit yourself with a Corona, put a little lime in it, pop the stop off of it. It really revolutionizes your drinking beer out of a can experience. So I bought one, took it to our family vacation, and it was a smash hit. The worst part about bringing that was the fact that I had to just open up everybody's beers for them every time anyone needed one. But it's a fantastic product. Um, I came across it on a on a whim, um, ordered it, absolutely loved it. Getting this opportunity to work with them now is absolutely fantastic. So hopefully we get a lot of uh, fun new things coming about from this. Anybody that follows us on Twitter, follows the Raider Take Podcast on Twitter, you saw that I tweeted out a link. We have a referral link. We have a promo code. As I always tell you, you know, share, subscribe, rate, review with the podcast give us those five stars another great way that we have now that you can go support the pod use our referral link go in get you some draft top it is a product that i personally suggest that you use suggest that you buy going into summertime it's going to be the perfect thing to have to really set things off fantastic new venture we're doing um, i hope y'all uh, will go check that out like i said you want to support the pod Use that referral link, get you some draft top. They got tank tops, they got t-shirts, they got hats, they got accessories. But I will firsthand can tell you, Andy, you can probably attest to it as well. Draft top is fantastic. 
Um, and it really just changes the game when it comes to drinking beer out of a can. Because a lot of people take it out of a can, they pour it in a cup, right? Let it vent, get those smells. Ain't got to do that now. Ain't got to do it. So. Ain't got to do it. No, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. And that's why I said, you know, what you got to do is you just got to pop your tops when you're sipping the hops, man. Yes, you know? absolutely. And, and I, they actually were big fans yeah. of that. I, I, I didn't even know. It's a million dollar saying. Well, you know, you know, they're, they're pumped, but I think it's a good, it's a good partnership. And I'm, I'm excited that we, you know, we, it, this is all you, by the way, you know, you're, you're the entrepreneur of, of the group. And so um, I think it's been exciting that we've been able to partner with these guys. You know, it is a great brand. It's a great product. So, you know, guys stop wasting time, popping the cans, pouring them into cups, just pop the tops, draft tops. Um, and if you use our code, our promo code, which is I you fucking a, I forgot again. The it, promo code is topless crew 10. You get 10% not off topless cruise, not, not topless screws. Uh, Andy once thought, but yeah, topless crew 10 gets you 10% off. Like I said, um, look on Twitter. We'll, I'll, we'll have it out there everywhere really, but you use our referral link, help us out, you know, 10% off, 10% off. Use our promo Can't beat code. It. Yes. It's fantastic. I think what we might need to do is um, get a few things from there. Maybe put a little, maybe put together a little uh, package deal for the listeners, you know, maybe do, do a, a so. raffle or a giveaway and uh, you know, get this, get the summer kicking off. Well, so I'm um, excited to see what that will bring. And as always share, subscribe, rate, review, give us those five stars, uh, share it on Facebook, iTunes, share it on Twitter, wherever you see it. Hit that referral link, share that referral link. We appreciate the love, everything you guys do to support us and hope you enjoyed the draft recap. And until next week, we will see y'all later. Better Nation, stand up. Love you guys. Peace out. Next time we will review the schedule. We'll break it down. But until then, take care.